0: Welcome to the Cary Church podcast. For more information regarding Cary Church, visit www.cary.asn.au. My name's uh, Mark Lilly, and I do Pete's job equivalently over at the Forestdale campus. So I pastor at the Forestdale campus, and and it's great to be uh, here with you this morning. This is the first time I've had had the opportunity to share with you this year. So, Happy New Year. even though we're kind of almost into March, which is kind of scary. Hey, um, if you know anything about our family, you'll know that one of the things that we love to do is go camping. And um, I've got a couple of photos that'll, that'll come up on the screen in a moment. And these, these photos are photos taken from our most recent holiday down to Denmark. We're a family that probably prefers glamping rather than camping. Um, so if we could have those photos up, uh these photos were taken, um, I, may, I take my coffee machine, I take my coffee and my grinder. So that's our version of camping. And um, Heather and I love to go for walks. So I'll get my coffee machine out and make a coffee. And we went walking in this setting, if we can have the, the other photo. This is down in Denmark. We camp in a place um, just, just outside a town near Ocean Beach. And across the road, there's this beautiful spot, uh, Wilson's Inlet. Heather and I love, love to walk together when we go on holidays and enjoy these kind of moments together and uh, we just walk and chat and um, just share stuff with one another. I sip my coffee and Heather has a cup of English breakfast tea and um, and we just enjoy that kind of serene setting as we walk together. There's something great about walking with somebody else and, and just sharing stories and and maybe not even saying a whole lot at times, but just enjoying the moment, enjoying the setting. This morning, we're going to talk a little bit about walking. Uh, we're continuing with our with our series this morning on growing deeper, growing deeper. And we're going to talk about how deep roots lead to big wings, or how deep roots lead to flourishing. Deep roots lead to flourishing. And, and this idea of walking is, is a topic that comes up quite a lot in the book of Colossians. The book of Colossians is only, only a pretty short book and we'll pick up one of those specific moments in, in, in a little while. But let me just give you a bit, a bit of background about the Colossians. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a really short book, as I said, and it's a book that was written to a church in Colossae, which is uh, a town in modern-day Turkey and it's, it's one of the few towns that hasn't actually been excavated. I was reading the other day that apparently an Australian is going to lead an expedition to, um, I don't know what they call it, but to, uh, yeah, an archaeology expedition to uncover um, the city of Colossae. So Paul writes this letter to them. The Colossians were a church who had started off really, really well in their faith journey but they're now kind of walking off track and because that they're walking off track because they're influenced by false teachers they're influenced by people who had infiltrated the life of the church and they were taking the Colossians off track and and Paul didn't plant this particular church this is one of the churches that Paul didn't plant but he writes to them out of a, a deep sense of concern for them and their spiritual growth and and he's hoping to correct something of their thinking in the hope that he can bring them back, so that they can walk on the right path. Precisely what these false teachers taught. It's not really clear, uh, but there was a bit of a melting pot of ideas that were developing. There was some people that came from a, a Jewish background, so there were Jew, Jewish influences. There was there was uh, Greek philosophy, and there was there was just paganism. There was angel worship. So all this kind of stuff was was getting put into the lives of of this newfound church and was taking them off track. And in response to all of that, Paul simply focuses on the supremacy of Jesus. He focuses on the supremacy of Jesus and he puts Jesus up in a spotlight and he focuses on Jesus. Because their understanding of who Jesus was had been really seriously eroded. And their Jesus over time, their picture of Jesus over time had become far too small, far too small. Let me just read this this passage from Colossians chapter 1. And it just gives you a feel of how Paul focuses in on the significance and the supremacy and the wonder of this person, Jesus, that they had started to follow so well. So Paul says this in Colossians chapter 1, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him... To have all his fullness, all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. What an incredible picture of Jesus that is, and that's Paul's response. To this melting pot scenario. That's Paul's response to these people who would kind of reduce Jesus down to something far smaller and far more insignificant than he really was. Jesus, we're told, was involved in the creation of the universe. We're told that he's the glue that actually continues to hold everything together and he sustains everything in the universe, the stuff we see, the stuff that we don't see. Jesus is the glue that holds all of that together. He's not simply a good place to start the faith journey, Paul says. In fact, he's absolutely central. He is the core of everything, including spiritual growth, including our ability to grow deeper. In fact, Paul says it's impossible to grow deeper without having a, a, the right kind of understanding of who Jesus is. There's absolutely no need to supplement the one who breathed the universe into existence with stuff like Greek philosophy and angel worship and Judaism. There's no place for that. So just just by a bit of a by way of a bit of background, this is the main text for today, and it's in Colossians chapter two, verses six to seven. And this sits right at the heart of the book, Colossians 2, 6 to 7. Therefore, as you receive Christ the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So Paul has highlighted the supremacy of Jesus. It all starts with Jesus. And then we get to these two verses, and Paul starts to give them some practical tips, some practical tools that will help them to grow deeper. So in verse 6 we read, you received Jesus the Lord. Or some translations say, you received Jesus as Lord. You received him as Lord. They'd received teaching about Jesus. They believed the teaching. They'd responded by following him. But Jesus had become so small in their thinking that he was not currently their Lord. So Paul reminds them, receiving Jesus requires you to live a life in continual surrender to him and make him Lord. And because he's Lord, he gets to set the agenda. That's what the Lord does. He sets the agenda. So, what does it mean to live under the Lordship of Jesus? It means that we allow him to establish our values, to guide how we think about all of life, and to direct our conduct and how we actually live life. It might be, for example, that you're facing a life decision, and I really feel that I want to go in this direction. That's my agenda. But you have a sense that Jesus wants to lead you in this direction. But you have a sense also that this going in this direction is going to be a little bit more challenging, a little bit, a little bit more difficult. Having Jesus as Lord means allowing him to set the agenda, allowing him to inform that choice and following the path of his choosing and not the path of our choosing. So Paul says to them, hey, you guys have started off okay. You started off pretty well. But now you need to walk in him. You need to walk in him. And this, this word walk, it's one of those words that has an ongoing sense to it. So it could be translated, walk and continue walking and continue walking. The NIV translates it, continue to live your lives in him. So Paul's really encouraging them. He's, in, he's spurring them on and saying, come on, guys, keep going keep walking keep putting one foot in front of the other you started well but keep walking and then in verse 7 he starts to describe what it actually means to walk with Jesus and he uses four words the four words are rooted built up established and Thanksgiving that that's how we walk with Jesus so it means walking with Jesus means we need to be rooted in him needs to be We need to be built up in him, to be established in him. And we need to have lives that are abounding in thanksgiving. So these first two words, rooted and built up, I'm going to kind of lump them in together a little bit because they're closely related. They both express a similar sort of idea. The idea is about he's he's focusing on the need to be well grounded. So the word rooted in and built in both focus on that idea of being grounded in Jesus You're rooted in Christ, you're built up in Christ. So again, there's that focus on the centrality and the importance of Jesus. Roots serve two really important purposes, both for plants and for us, as we think about what it means for us to be rooted in Christ. They provide stability and they provide nourishment. Stability and nourishment, and that that enables us to grow, to grow deeper. Just as roots are absolutely essential for a plant to grow, if we don't have roots that go into Jesus, we won't grow. We won't mature spiritually. So Paul says, guys, it's absolutely essential that you are connected with and that you are drawing your life from Jesus himself through your roots. So for us too, it's essential that we be continually connected, connected closely with Jesus and we draw our very life from him that's how we walk in Jesus that's how we're rooted in Jesus and this third word established it basically describes the result of being rooted or built up in Jesus when you're established in him it means that life kind of feels solid it feels solid it feels like you are established on firm ground or rooted in firm ground And the fourth word is thankfulness. I love this word. I kind of thought, this feels a little bit out of place. But it describes an attitude of worship. And when you read about how supreme Jesus is, how magnificent he is, how he's Lord over all, how everything hangs together in him, how else could we respond but with hearts that are just overflowing with thankfulness, hearts that are overflowing with worship, that's a part of what it means for us to walk with him. That's a part of what it means to grow in him, to be people who continually are overflowing with thankfulness and overflowing with hearts that are filled with worship for the one who holds life together for us. So they're the four words that Paul focuses on. Now, there's something pretty unique about the first three of those words: the words rooted established and built up they're all written in a passive voice they're all written in a passive voice what do I mean by that what what I mean by that is basically that they're not things that we do they're things that God does they're not things that we do they're things that God does God is the one who plants us and roots us in Jesus he's the one who who builds us into the body. He's the one who builds us into his church and he's the one that establishes us on firm ground. You might be thinking to yourself, well, if that's the case, what? where's my responsibility? Where's my responsibility and all of that? Back to verse 6. Back to verse 6. Our responsibility is just to keep walking, to keep walking, to keep walking in those things, to keep walking so that we can develop deeper roots, to keep walking as those who are being built into and incorporated into his body, into the church, and to keep walking so that we can remain on solid ground. Let me just share a brief story which illustrates how this might work. Heather and I met back in the 1980s. That's a long time ago for some of, for some of you guys, but others perhaps not. And we were good friends. And there came a time where we started to develop feelings for one another, I developed feelings for Heather far earlier than she developed feelings for me. And um, there came a time when um, I started to think, I actually really like this woman. I think she's a bit of all right. It took her a lot longer to get to the point of thinking, he's a bit of all right. But I pursued Heather for some time and, and eventually we just kind of fell in love with one another. We fell in love with one another. It just kind of happened. The whole thing of attraction and falling in love It just happened. But this year we're celebrating 27 years of marriage and we still have a great relationship. We have a great relationship. But we have a great relationship because we continue to pursue one another. I occasionally still buy Heather flowers. Not as frequently as I used to, but I still buy her flowers. We still tell each other every day that I love you. We still hold hands. We still hold hands with one another after 27 years. We still go out for romantic dinners together. And uh, you guys might appreciate this, but Heather, I asked Heather, hey, just have a quick read over this message, babe, and just give me some thoughts. And she added this in for me. She said she, she doesn't usually do this, but she felt that she needed to add this in. She added the fact that we work through, we work through disagreements and difficult situations together. That's been something of Heather's experience perhaps. Mine too. Well, that's, a, that's part of what it means to be in a relationship with somebody is that we're working on the relationship. In order for a relationship to grow, we must continue putting something into that relationship. Falling in love, that's actually the really easy part. That's the thing that just happens. That the, that's the thing that just happens. But actually growing and sustaining a relationship is much harder. That's the thing that we need to continue walking in. The Colossians had done the falling in love part really well. They had fallen in love with Jesus and that kind of just came naturally for them. But then they kind of stopped. They kind of stopped walking. So Paul encourages them, keep going guys, continue investing into this relationship. Just before we look at what it means to flourish, let's pull together just a couple of quick thoughts on on this passage. First, for us to grow in maturity, we need to have a clear picture of Jesus, who he is and what he's done for us. The key to us growing deeper in Jesus, the key to us growing deeper is Jesus. We can't start with a small picture of Jesus. We can't start with a small picture of Jesus because we won't grow. Our roots have nowhere to go if we have a small picture of Jesus. But when we understand who he really is, when we understand how magnificent and how marvellous Jesus really is then our roots can go down deep and he's everything that we'll ever possibly need so have a big picture of Jesus and who he is second keep walking starting well doesn't mean that we'll finish well starting well doesn't mean that we'll finish well Jesus actually wants to come close to us and walk with us he wants to walk with you He wants to walk with you through different seasons of life. He wants to walk through your summers, autumns, winters and springs with you. He wants to walk with you through your mountaintop experiences and through your valley experiences. He wants to walk with you through your relationship challenges, through those marriage difficulties that we all have. He wants to walk with you through health challenges. And he wants to walk with you when life's just going incredibly well for you. He wants to walk through each season of life. And walking with Jesus simply means inviting him in. It means recognising that he's there with us and inviting him in to whatever it is you're experiencing at that point in time. So if you're feeling overwhelmed and anxious about life, invite him into that space and allow him to walk with you. If you're feeling overcome with joy, invite him in and share that with him. Invite him in to your life and share those things with him, One of the trickiest things I think that, that we face as Christians is walking with Jesus through the good times because they're the times when we tend to rely on ourselves and our own capacity to achieve. Invite Jesus in and walk with him in that space as well. As we invite Jesus into those kind of moments in life on a regular basis, it helps our roots to go a little bit deeper in him. It helps us to draw more nourishment It helps us to grow in stability and strength. And the pressures of life and the environment around us, they don't have the same kind of impact on us. A key scriptural truth is that when we're rooted in the right place and when we're drawing our nourishment from God, we will flourish. Lots of scriptures highlight this, but I just want us to briefly have a quick look at Jeremiah 17. This describes a really sad contrast between... Those who fail to put their trust in God and those who do put their trust in God. Verses 5 to 6 paint a picture of a life lived without God. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away the Lord. That person's like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in a parched place in the desert, in salt, where no one lives. That's what it means to do life without God. Then in verses 7 to 8, they paint an entirely different picture of a vibrant life, of a life that's rooted deeply in God. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out roots to the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought. Never fails, it never fails to bear fruit. In a life lived without God, our strength and our sustenance is drawn from what the writer describes as mere flesh. And we come like a bush that's planted in the desert, that's parched, and, and nothing prospers there. But those who are planted by the water, they draw from the stream... And a few verses later, God is described as the spring of life. He's described as a spring of life. And, and so those who draw from the, sp- from the stream are drawing life from God himself. Water draws, drawn from the stream is drawn from the life source of God himself. Unfortunately, we're not guaranteed a trouble-free existence. Even when we trust in God and we're drawing from the stream, We're we're guaranteed to flourish. That is one thing that this does promise. We're guaranteed to flourish. But flourishing doesn't mean that we won't experience any difficulty or challenge. In fact, Jeremiah sort of portrays this picture that difficulty and challenges are inevitable. They're an inevitable part of life. He doesn't say if, but when the heat comes. And he speaks about when the drought will come. But he also reframes those things. He says you don't need to be fearful. You don't need to be fearful when those things come. You don't need to be worried or anxious when those things come. When we draw water from the stream that runs with God's own life, his life-giving water, Jeremiah says that your leaves will remain green, that your leaves will remain green. And we can continue bearing fruit and we can flourish because we're filled with life that comes from him. The key to flourishing is to have deep roots in the right place. In our backyard, we used to have four trees. They were called lily pillies. And um, these lily pillies were growing over the neighbour's fence. They were growing um, all over our patio. And I decided one day to, to take these things down because they were absolute monsters. They are at least 10 metres high. And so a mate came over and... Um, I went out and bought myself a little still chainsaw and we decided to cut these trees down because we had a waste collection coming. And so I love this little chainsaw. So instead of just pruning these things back, I cut them right back to the ground. There was nothing left. There was not even there was not one leaf, there was not one twig remaining on on any of those four trees. The only thing that was left was the roots. The only thing left was the roots. The thing with those trees is that they were mature trees. They were well-established trees. They were well-grounded. They were well-grounded and they, were, they continued to draw water. They continued to draw nourishment from the ground. And so after a while, they started to shoot new life. They started to grow. And there was new twigs, new um, branches and new leaves started to grow on each of these four trees and these trees are now flourishing but they're about this high and not 10 metres high. You know, when our roots go down deeply into Jesus, when our roots go down deeply and we draw from the stream of life, we can flourish no matter what. Even if life prunes us right back to the ground, even when life is so brutal that you feel like the only thing you have left is a root system, There's a promise here that says you can still flourish in the midst of that. You can still bear fruit. Your leaves can remain green. Irrespective of the season, you can flourish. What an encouraging and hopeful promise Jeremiah gives us in this passage for those that draw from God himself as our life source. As we wrap up, can I encourage you to go into this week and get a Get hold of a big picture of Jesus. Take hold of a big picture of Jesus. Don't allow life to shrink your view of who Jesus is because if we want to grow deeper in him, we need to have a big picture of Jesus. Continue to walk with him. Invite him into each moment of your life. And then your roots can grow deeper in him and you can flourish. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that in you we can have a life of flourishing. We thank you that you plant us. We thank you that you establish us. We thank you that you call us into relationship with yourself. We thank you that you, Jesus, give us all that we need to grow. You give us all that we need to flourish. And we thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you would help us to go into this week as people who walk closely with you, as people who invite you into every moment of our lives this week. I pray that you would help us to walk closely so that we can be deeply rooted in him. Pray, Father God, that for those who feel like their roots are shriveling, Lord, I pray that you would come and bring new nourishment, new life. That this week, new shoots of life would begin to appear. We thank you for the hope that we have in you, Jesus. I pray, Lord, that each of us this week might live a life that flourishes. Amen.